slide this up a little bit. Good. Ephesians 4. Fred, what'd you do? Ephesians 4. You touched something. Don't touch nothing. Uh, emotional health. Sometimes you can do all your jobs to go through life, but you're uh, emotionally unhealthy. Let me say this. If you live in fear all the time, you're emotionally unhealthy. If you rely on somebody else for their strength, you're emotionally unhealthy. If you put your security in other things in Christ, you are emotionally unhealthy. So I want you to answer these questions. And uh, go ahead and do that right now. Uh, and, and, and go ahead and do that because y'all are already doing it. So it was supposed to be done at the end of the lesson, not before the lesson. But I see all y'all are good at following instructions. Go ahead. Go ahead answer the questions. Give you five minutes. You got five minutes to answer all 15 questions. But we're going to take three. Don't answer. Don't look on somebody else's paper. Answer for yourself. If you don't have a pen, raise your hand. There's Michelle don't have a pen. Has anybody got an extra pen? Mark don't have a pen. There's some back there, Joe. There's somebody up here today who don't have a pen. Michelle needed a pen. Raise your hand if you need a pen. God's good. I love to hear the thunder roar. Everybody's got a pen. All right, fill out your papers real quick. One minute's passed. Them teachers used to do that to me. I hate it. Revenge. Uh, you're good. Two minutes have passed. Thank you all for coming on Sunday nights. You're learning more than most people. I paid $400 to learn what you guys have learned. If you're still taking the test, raise your hand. Let me see. All right. I'm going to do that again in two minutes. You don't have to review it. We're going to put it down. After you're done, put it down. And we're going to review it at the end of the lesson. The great thing about this test is, what I learned about this test when I took the test is, if I get a low grade in four to six weeks, that grade can change. Uh, you need to understand me tonight. In four to six weeks, that grade can change. Who's still taking the test? You got 30 seconds. And then I want to take up all the pens. Even if they don't belong to me, I want them back. No kidding. <laughs> 29, 28, 
27, 26, 25, 26. Am I going up or down? I ain't figured it out. Who's still taking the test? Raise your hand. Sarah, I know you're smarter than that girl. Come on. So you have ADD is what you're telling me. You get distracted. All right, guys, here we go. Anybody else still taking the test? Now put it down. Don't look at it no more. Open your Bibles to Ephesians 4. How many believe that God has enough to go around tonight? How many believe that tonight, that God has enough love to go around, enough joy, enough peace, enough happiness to go around? He has enough spiritual health, happiness to go around, wellness to go around. Some of y'all are not healthy tonight. You know who you are. You live in fear. You, you, you're worried about your past. You're worried about tomorrow. Stop worrying. He has enough to go around tonight. Give him praise. Hey, there might not be a lot of us, but we can give him praise tonight. He's got enough resources to go around tonight. Here's some signs of emotional unhealthiness. Ephesians 4, 26. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Guys, if you stay angry all the time, you're unhealthy. If you get mad over the smallest of things, the easiest of things, you're unhealthy. That's a bad place to be. You know why? Because if you can get mad and fly off the handle over nothing, guess what? You lose your job. You lose your wife. You lose your kids. You lose your spirituality. You lose your testimony. You lose your status in this world. Anger will destroy you if you carry it around. Look at Hebrews 12, 14. Here's another sign of emotional unhealthiness. Hebrews 12, 14. Got my Bible? Hebrews 12, 14 says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fails short of the grace of God, lest any roots of bitterness spring up because trouble comes and by many become defiled. Bitterness. If you're a bitter person tonight, you're unhealthy. I got a guy in my church, he got a divorce six years ago. He's still one of the most bitter individuals I've met in my entire life. He hasn't learned to shake that stuff loose like Paul says. Paul got the stuff on him. He shook it loose. The snake grabbed him and he shook it loose. Listen, guys, we can't go around carrying bitterness. I wouldn't be here if I was bitter from all the stuff that people's done to me since I've been saved. You didn't hear me since I've been saved. Since I've been saved, I've had a lot of attacks, had a lot of things come against me. Since I've been walking with Christ, I've had some hard times. Anybody had some hard times since they've been walking with Christ? 
But if we carry bitterness around us, it will destroy us. Look at this next verse. 2 Timothy 1. Got my Bible? Second Timothy one seven. Read that with me. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. That's why I don't fear anything but spiders. I'm scared to death of spiders because they ain't got no mind. They jump on you, mess your whole day up, mess you around. You know. I'm not scared of people, things that are happening, the economy, who's going to be president. I can tell you right now who's going to be president. I already know whoever God allows to be president. That's how it is. It's simple as that, guys. It ain't all the Christians running to the polls that's going to make the world change. It's all the Christians praying right now that changes our world. You didn't hear me tonight. There's not enough people to change the outcome of the world because the world says in the end there will be troubled times. And brothers and sisters, we're in troubled times. We're in troubled times. It says it's going to get worse before it gets better. The only better I see is if we get raptured out of here tonight. First John says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. One thing I learned, guys, is the devil comes in like a stealth mode. Anybody know what those stealth airplanes, anybody ever seen one of those things? They're stealthy. They can slide into the enemy's territory, drop bombs. You never know they were in there. That's what the enemy does, guys. He comes in. He comes in unannounced, and he places fear in your heart. He places anger and, and bitterness in your heart, and he gets out of there, and you don't even know why you was upset. Anybody ever had one of those days where they don't even know why they was upset? I started feeling that way after church. For some reason, I was sitting there having a great dinner with my kids. Somebody said this, somebody said that. Next thing you know, I realized that the devil had come in like a stealth mode. And for me, right now, well, the best thing that could happen is if I just be quiet. Because I'm not going to give him a foothold. Come on, you need to learn not to give him a foothold. You need to recognize it. If somebody pops off to you, they don't make you have to pop off back to them. If somebody says something you don't like, they don't make you have to leave the church. If somebody does something to step on your toes, guess what? Just forgive and let it go. They could be having a bad day. They could be finding a place to commit suicide. You don't know. You don't know what kind of day that person's had. This world is full of depressed people. But if you engage them with the same kind of engagement they gave you instead of a smile, a handshake, a Joel Osteen moment, I think we all need to have a little more Joel Osteen moments in us where we smile, where we're happy, where we're joyful, where we're not condemning. See, so many people today, they want to condemn somebody. They want to chastise somebody. You know why men don't come to church? Because their Christian wives are standing on their throat all the time. You know why wives don't come to church when their husbands get saved and they don't develop into that Christian woman? Because they're looking at another woman who's already uh, 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 serving God, serving God with all their heart, so they think that she should be that way right now. She ain't going to be that way till she arrives and continues to walk with God. That's why we got to stay off people's throat, folks. Stop living in fear and start living in love and become healthy. The world, the Lord, they need us healthy. Envy, jealousy, anger, bitterness, fear are all 
unhealthy emotions that the devil uses to do incredible damage in the body of Christ. How many have ever seen the devil do damage in the body of Christ? Somebody said, Brother Mark, we're we looking a little thin on Sunday mornings. Well, the devil done some damage in the body of Christ. I tried to stop it. I put on the whole armor of God. I fought against it. But some of them forgot to read their Bible. Some of them forgot to study. Some of them, when he came in, they didn't recognize his tricks and his trickery. And he got them. You know what? I can't do nothing about that. We just got to keep doing things to get more people saved. And pray they come back. Pray they get right. All of us have experienced those emotional unhealthy times. Emotionally unhealthy people either don't know how to recognize them or choose not to, and they become who they are because they've allowed the devil into their life. I ask you to take this test with me tonight. The test is a good standard to use in assessing ourselves and others. We're going to go over this in just a minute. <clears throat> this test, JB, is to assess yourself and to assess people that you're hiring at your holster business. You need to see if people that you're entering a relationship, and let me say this, falling in love is easy. Staying in love is hard. So if you're going to fall in love, which is easy, you need to grade them, test them, and see if they're emotionally healthy. Because if one partner is emotionally unhealthy, it can make the whole relationship a struggle. I know, because I see friends going through that all the time. They enter into a partnership with someone. They're they looking for love. They're looking for love. And some of them are even looking for love in all the right places. They find them in church. But sometimes everybody in church ain't healthy. Sometimes people in church are the most unhealthy people I've ever met in my life. So I want to say this to you tonight. Listen to me. The test is a good standard to use in assessing ourselves and others. The healthier we are in these 15 areas, the better and more effective leaders we will become. Who wants to be a follower? Raise your hand. Hey, you over there in the back row. Come up here. Come up here. Yeah. Come up here. You want to be a leader or a follower? I can't hear you. A leader. Amen. Well, you sit on the front row right there, buddy. Anybody want to be a leader or a follower? Anybody want to be a follower? Anybody want to be a follower? How many want to be a leader tonight? The only person I want to follow is Jesus Christ. So if I'm going to follow Jesus Christ and I want others to follow Jesus Christ, I need to become a leader. How do I become a leader? See, because of your knowledge, because of your skills, that does not make you a leader. Anybody can lead, but emotionally healthy people lead people a long way. The healthier we are in these 15 areas, the more effective we become in leadership. Number one, integrity. We cannot afford to be weak or unhealthy in any of these other areas. How many know what integrity is? How many don't know what integrity is? Integrity means when nobody else is looking, you're still doing the right thing, girls. When nobody else is around, Mark, you're still sober. You're still doing the right things. You're not lying. You're not cheating. You're not stealing. You're loving God and loving others the way you're supposed to be. I, I, how many? Remember that movie we watched on uh, Courageous? Anybody seen that movie, Courageous? That was a great movie. I loved that movie. It had the, had the Mexican guy in the movie who was looking for a job. He was looking for a job, and finally he got a job working for this company. 
and the company tested him. They tested him. They said, hey, you're doing a great job. You've been with us six months now. We want to promote you. We want to promote you and, and move you up in the company. Everybody remember that movie when they did that to him? They wanted to promote him and move him up in the company. So they said, here, but if you're going to work here, we want you to ship and receive these boxes. We want you to ship them. But, or we want to receive them and say we shipped them, but we, we want to keep the merchandise. He was a Christian. He had a family. He needed to feed his family. The job that they was going to give him paid $25,000 more a year than what he was making, but they wanted him to be dishonest. He went home and he told his wife, he said, Baby, they want to give me a promotion. She was so happy. He said, But the problem is they want me to be dishonest. She said, he's the owner. Don't worry about it. Do whatever he asks you to do. He said, baby, I can't be dishonest. <clears throat> she was so worried. She was so worried that he was going to lose his job for being honest that she encouraged him to be dishonest. Can I say this, people? Don't let nobody sway you from your relationship with Christ. You stay the course. Don't matter if it loses, costs you, everything you are. You just stay doing the right thing. God will defend you. God will take care of you. That young, that young Spanish guy went in there the next day and he told the guy, he said, I'd love to have the job, but I can't be dishonest. The vice president and the president looked at each other and they said, welcome aboard. They said, you're the 15th guy we've tried to hire. And every one of them said they'd be dishonest. You're the first one that said that they would be honest and they would refuse to take this job if it would cost them their integrity. All we got's our word, folks. It don't have to be a contract. It can be in here. My name wasn't worth nothing. It wasn't worth 50 cents. Couldn't get nothing for it. Nobody give anything for it. But when I found Christ, I found integrity. Now, if I tell you I'm going to do something, you better believe I'm going to do my darndest to do it. I'm going to try my hardest to do it. Why? Because I love God, I love people, and I love being integrable. Having integrity. I love to be somebody that somebody can depend on. If I say I'm going to show up, I'm going to show up. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. If I say I can't, I say I can't. Amen? If I say I'm going to do it and you pay me to do it, I'm going to produce what you pay me to do. Integrity. Every single person who's damaged me, the most of the leaders was a super sharp, highly intelligent, very gifted person with unhealed hurts from their past. Cain refused to forgive, wound up killing his brother Abel. There's so much in here, guys. And it's so important for us to be healthy. And that's why it's important for us to grade ourselves and check ourselves that we may choose people in our lives to be healthy. Can I say this? We're going to take this. We're going to grade ourselves right now. If, if, if you think you need help, you think it's okay to ask. Somebody answer that. If you need help with something, don't you think it's okay to ask? I'm trying to get a 12th grader graduated. I'm telling you, man, he's on the bubble. He's a 60 to 7 to 72 student. His grades fluctuate from 67 to 72. 70's passing. He's more on the out than he is on the in. He's given me growing gray hair than I've ever had in my entire life in the last month. 
I called his counselor and they said, we don't think you have nothing to worry about, Mr. Grime. If there was a problem, we'd call you. I said, no, you wouldn't. I don't believe that, so I'm calling you. I don't want to see a problem. They got the teachers involved, got everybody working together. I got him staying after school. I got him working hard. Why? Because I want him to pass. He needs help. God wants us to pass. God wants us to pass. God wants us to prosper. And if we're failing in areas of life, we need to ask somebody for help. I have a church in Livingston right now asking me to be their mentor, asking Caney Creek Cowboy Church to help them, to sponsor them. They're trying to get started. They're bivocational right now. They're going two Sundays a month, and two Sundays a month they're not going. They want a full-time ministry like this. They want somebody to be accountable to. They need help, so they're asking for help. If somebody asks me for help, I'm going to do everything I can to help them. The other day I needed JB's help. The other, yesterday I needed Brother Vic's help. I needed Joe's help on the stage. I needed Harry's help putting these things together, stapling these things together. If you need help, you ask somebody for help. Same thing if you're emotionally unhealthy kids. You need to ask somebody for help. <clears throat> Let's grade ourselves and I'm going to be done. It says at the top of the paper, Grade yourself on each of these statements on a scale from 1 to 10. 7 to 10 being healthy. 4 to 7 needs improvement. 1 to 4 unhealthy and needs help right now. Read through these questions quickly so the answer will be done without a lot of thinking. Number 1. The ability to openly, openly express love and affection. Where's all my 7 to 10 people who can openly express love and affection? Raise your hand where I can see you, where I can stick them up. God bless you. You're healthy in that area. That's a good place to be. It's a good place to be because people need us, guys. They need us, every one of us. I hadn't always been there. I hadn't always been there, guys. I'm going to tell you right now, I graded myself a 9 in that area. I gave myself a nine because I love people. I want to help people. I want to go out of my way. But 11 years ago, I didn't care if they was on fire, I wouldn't put them out. God changed me. And if God can change me, he can change you. Come on, somebody believe that with me tonight. Y'all way too quiet because it's raining. I'm screaming so you can hear me. The ability to openly express love and affection, 7 to 9, 7 to 10. Who gave theirself a 7? Who gave theirself an 8? Who gave theirself a 9? Who gave theirself a 10? Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Who gave theirself a 4 to 7? Raise your hand. Needs improvement. Raise your hand. Thank you for being honest today. Listen to me. 4 to 7s. I mean, sometimes I am and sometimes I ain't. Sometimes I will and sometimes I won't. God wants us all the way in, guys, when it comes to being healthy, emotionally healthy. Who gave theirself a one to a four? That's all right. Raise your hand. Anybody else? A one to a four? Are we being honest? You're emotionally unhealthy. That's what it says. You need help right now. Whatever's hurt you, whatever you've been through, 
We need to take it before our Lord and Savior. We need to give it to Him. We need to wrap it up. Listen, we need to wrap it up. We need to present it to Him and give it to Him and say, I don't want it no more, Lord. I want to be happy. I want to love people. The great thing about this test, Miss BJ, Miss Ona, in four to six weeks, you can be a 10. That's what they told me because I got a lot of fours. I got a lot of ones. I got a lot of twos in mine. But they told me the great thing is that I can be changing. I can be getting healthier. Hallelujah. Number two, the ability to develop and maintain close and long-term relationships. Seven to ten. Who can maintain a long-term relationship? I got friends. I don't see them all the time. We're still friends. I got friends I don't hang out with all the time, but we, we pick right back up where we left off. Maintaining close relationships is a good thing. Are, are, are y'all roommates? Didn't you tell me y'all fight like sisters? Huh? You told me that, did y'all? Eight years. Eight. Amen. Because the relationship is more important than the fight. Hear me tonight. The relationship's more important than who's right or wrong. I wish somebody grabbed that tonight. You being right don't make you right. Sometimes it makes you wrong. You being prideful can cause you to lose all your long-term relationships. <clears throat> I met a guy this week. Sold him a car. <clears throat> His wife walked out on him after 20 years. God has a way of orchestrating things, don't he? He's going through counseling. He's trying to get his life back together. But I could tell, I could tell right now that the long-term relationship, he didn't see it. But when he got done with me, I let him know that God's in restoring marriages. And if you'll go to R3, if you'll come to church, if you'll, if you'll believe that God can and will, he will. But if you're done, if you're done... You've already made your mind up. Who gave theirself a, a four to a seven? It's hard to keep some relationships. That's the truth. Who gave theirself a one to a four? Long return relationships, struggle. Four to a seven. You say, Brother Mark, I need work in this area. You know what I made my mind up, Fred? I made my mind up when I came back from this school that I wanted people to serve with me for the rest of their life. I wanted them to go to church here the rest of their life. Now it's inevitable that nobody will, but as long as I can be a friend to them, as long as I can try to love them, as long as I can try my very best, I know I can sleep at night. And I can't worry about the outcome. But I do want people to go to church here for a long time. I want to go here for the rest of their life. Why? Because I love this place. I love my Lord and I love you. You heard me say that, didn't you? I said, I love you. I can't stand the fact that Carl and Sarah may move to Colorado. I can't really stand that. I'm praying against it. Don't have a blowout or nothing and blame me and send me a $20 bill. I know how you are, Carl. You tight, boy. You tight. Here, preacher, here's your bill, boy. You done prayed against me. But I know wherever they land, just like Eleanor and TJ, they're still our friends, ain't they? They're still our friends. People who move to other churches and other places, they're still our friends. Sometimes God may pull you out of here and take you other places for a bigger purpose, for another purpose, for a small purpose. Richard was gone for over a year. He's back. 
He's still my friend. The ability to receive input. Oh, this is a good one. The ability to receive input, correction, and criticism without being defensive and resentful. How many gave themselves a 7 to a 10? You such liars up in this place. He said, if anybody raised their hand when you do this test, most of them are lying. Let me criticize some of your work. The way you ride that motorcycle car is terrible, boy. I can't believe they even give you a license. You're the worst motorcycle rider I've ever seen in my life. It's starting to offend you, ain't it? You're starting to get your little chest hair poked up. Uh, nobody likes criticism. It's hard to deal with. Even good criticism. I like the way you did that, but you could have done it a little better. Hey, pastor, that was a great message, but if you'd have done it this way, you'd have probably had a better outcome. Oh, yeah? I gave myself a five. I did. It's on my paper back here. If y'all don't believe me, come look. Handling criticism is hard. If you can handle criticism, you're a leader. You hear me tonight. If you can handle some resentment, some, some criticism, it says right here, listen, listen, the ability to receive input, if you can handle input, how many of you know those people that are so, so one way they can't handle no input? It's a terrible place to be. It's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. There's different ways of doing things. Correction. Let me ask your wives, husband, can you handle correction? Wives, let me ask your husbands, can you handle correction? How about criticism? I almost had a panic attack when I signed my contract for 38 episodes with Trinity Broadcasting Network. I called the lady at the station. I said, you know what? I need to tell you something before I sign this contract. She said, what's that? I said, I got a lot of people that don't like me. And they're probably going to be writing in and saying all kinds of stuff. And man, her words just echoed right to my heart. She said, I thought you were a cowboy. I said, I'll be going now. Click. I tried to avoid her at the TV station the other day when they called me in because I was feeling all weak. People are going to criticize you. People are going to ridicule you. Your family first and then go outside the home. You better learn how to handle it without being defensive, resentful. Number four, the ability to submit to authority in times of disagreement and difficulty with the right attitude. I gave myself a seven. Seven to tens, raise your hand. That's a good place to be. That's a healthy place to be. Four to sevens, raise your hand. You need improvement. One to fours, raise your hand. Is anybody here going to be honest tonight? I'm going to get to all my ones and fours here in a minute. The ability to submit to authority in times of disagreement and difficulties with the right attitude. Anybody like a ticket for speeding? Even though you broke the law, even though you didn't put that seatbelt on, even though you didn't get that truck inspected, all of a sudden you just got a copped attitude with that poor cop trying to do his job. That was me, guys. That's still me on occasion. I got to learn to submit to authority. 
do the right thing. If I'd have been who I'd been and just so stubborn, so prideful, I'd never allowed Dennis Westerman in my life and I never got saved and I'd never be who I am today. And I thank God I am who I am today. Number five, the ability to righteously exercise authority over others. Number seven, I gave myself a seven. What does that mean, Brother Mark? How many can rule over others that can be leaders? How many can teach others, rule over others? Tommy, you're a leader. Everywhere you go, you're higher at the top. Anybody's leaders? You can rule over them without treating them like crap. Oh, I said that in church. Sorry, my wife ain't here tonight to condemn me. Nobody likes to work for a boss that's ugly. You own a little retail store now. Nobody wants to work for you if you're going to be ugly. You get more sugar or flies or whatever we covered last time. I'm hard to work for. I know I am. I like my things my way, don't I, Dave? Huh? But you're a hard employee, boy. I'm telling you right now. Well, not kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing. You know, that's the funny thing. I want Dave to want to work for me. I want Dave to want to be here. So I got to change my attitude, change my heart, sometimes keep my mouth shut. I want people to go to church here. I don't like everything Mary Wise does over there. I don't like everything Vicky does over there. I don't like everything Kenny and Dalton do over there. I don't like everything we do over there sometimes. But sometimes it's not even worth the fight. Sometimes it's not worth causing somebody to stumble. I have to shoulder some things, and you better as a healthy leader learn how to shoulder some stuff. I got people in my life right now, they won't tell me, what other people are saying about me or thinking about me. And I praise God for that today because I used to have a group in the church that would always come tell me what everybody else was saying about me. I had grown up some elders in here and said, you know what, we're not going to tell him what everybody is saying about him because that hurts his heart, that hurts his feelings. We're going to shoulder that for him. We're going to take that for him. He don't need to hear those negative comments all the time. So they shoulder that. They're good leaders in the church. You know, it's, it's a great thing, the ability to exercise authority over other people. Number six, the ability to trust God fully and people appropriately. Who gave themselves a seven to ten, the ability to trust God fully? Fully. <laughs> I could sure use a water, somebody, Joe. Joe, oh, he's already gone. He's already got, oh, I'll take it, come on. How many fully trust God tonight? What if your roof blows off tonight? What if your house floods tonight? What if you got to be like Miss Betty tonight and fully trust God? I fully trust God tonight. And I appropriately trust others. I trust people till they give me a reason not to trust them. And sometimes they give me a reason not to trust them and I still forgive them and trust them again. Why? Because I love them. I went to number one. Not everybody's perfect. We're all messed up. We're all messed up. Grab that, Stacy. We're all messed up. None worse than others. But the part is we all got to try to keep getting better. I told you I was thirsty. The ability to trust God completely. I 
I gave myself a tent. People appropriately, I gave myself a tent. Who gave themselves a one to a four tonight? Any honest people here tonight? Amen. Will you give that to Miss Beverly, Joe? Because she gave me her water. Thank you, brother. The ability to trust God fully and people appropriately. Thank you. Number seven, the ability to share and release control. How many want to know what I got? Gave myself. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to tell you in a minute. Who gave their self a seven to a ten? Y'all are some outstanding individuals. You can just give control over to the wheel and let anybody drive. Y'all are amazing. I can't do it. Who gave themselves a four to a seven? Say, sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. I gave myself a two. I'm emotionally unhealthy. I'm emotionally unhealthy in that area. Every time I turn something over, I always think it's going to go bad. It's going to go worse. Let me go ahead and do it myself. I got a care pastor, but last night I didn't call him to go to the hospital. I went to the hospital myself. I had to be up here at 7.30 to plan for the, for the dog and get all this stuff ready. But I knew, and I know I can trust Danny. I know I can trust Allie. I know I can trust my elders. But sometimes I just can't turn over control. I'm emotionally unhealthy. That's a sad place to be, folks. But I'm going to get better. I made my mind up. To, I'm going to get better. You know what I did when I got here this morning, Brother Vic? I kicked myself in the butt because I was so tired I didn't send Danny because that's Danny's calling. I robbed him of his blessing. I should have called him and told him to go. Miss Augusta, you're going to need to wake up Danny next time. You need his number? <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. I didn't mind going. How many know I'm not talking about minding? How many know I love being the pastor and I'll go anywhere, anytime, anyplace and it'd be hard to stop me? <clears throat> I just use that as an example. Danny would have went if I had a call, but I need to learn to turn things over. I told my staff to, but the leader still hadn't learned it. Sad place to be. Number eight, the ability to assess and rejoice with those who are at advantage over us and have what we desire. I gave myself a seven to a nine. You can be happy for others when they get a new car, a new house, a new horse, a new Harley. How many struggle with that, four to seven? That's the truth, amen. You work as hard as they do. You go out of your way to be kind the way that they are. You go to church. You love God. But it seems like everybody else gets the same breaks, a better break than you do. Anybody ever think that that way? I know I do sometimes. How come everybody else has got a silver spoon and mine's tarnished a little bit but if you can do that you're emotionally healthy anybody gave themselves a one to a four number nine the ability to assess and rejoice with those who were once below us or equal with us but surpass us in rank wealth status or popularity oh that's a good question can you be happy for your friends when God blesses them and shines a light on them? Who gave herself a 7 to a 10? Are you jealous if she gets more looks than you or likes on Facebook? I know somebody told me the other day this. It was the craziest thing. I said, Pastor Mark, 
you always get more likes than I do and we share the same post. I said, I do not care. I had someone the other day said, what's wrong with uh, the preacher? He don't like any of my stuff anymore. Does it matter? Should you lose sleep if I don't click and say yay? I ain't learned those little thingamajiggies that go pop up. I get some of those little pop-up thumb things. You might be popping up the wrong thing, girl. You better leave us. If God blesses Seth, I want to be rejoicing with him. If God blesses that young man that started riding bulls, I want to rejoice with him. If Dalton does good or he does bad, I want to be his friend. I want to rejoice with him. I want to be there with him in the ditch. I want to be there when people are, are, are having a good day and people are having a bad day, and I still want to love them the same. That's a rare quality in this world. I know people that are jealous of me. I know pastors that are jealous of me. It's sad. I'm not jealous of them. I love them. I want their church to grow and prosper and baptize millions. Why? Because I'm not in competition with them. I, 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 I got one enemy, and it's the devil. And I'm fighting him with everything I got. Number 10, the ability to empathize and, empathize and focus on others. I gave myself a 10. Who gave themselves a 7 to a 10? Who gave themselves a 4 to a 7? You have a hard time listening to those whiners. Raise your hand if you have a hard time listening to whiners. It's a struggle sometimes. <laughs> We're being honest tonight. Raise your hand if you have a hard time listening to whiners. Nobody go to these people and tell them your story. I'm just teasing. Ain't we so glad that the Lord listens to us when we cry and we whine and we whimper? And we say we didn't get this and we didn't get our way and we didn't get this and we didn't get that. Thank God that we have a Savior who empathizes with us. So if we're going to be leaders, we need to empathize with others. I know a friend of mine, he's a black guy. His name is Tony. He struggles with his ministry because his wife is not on board with him. She's actually going the other way from the cross and she needs to be turning to the cross. I empathize with him. He calls me up crying. He says, what do I do? I said, pray for her. Encourage her. Give her responsibilities at the church. Do everything you can to get her plugged in. He said, every time she tries to do something, there's a group of women in the church that, that, that just browbeat her and tell her how bad she's doing things. I said, I'll tell you what you do. You go to that group of women's husband and you tell them to check their wives because you're not going to allow them to do that to your wife. I did. I did. I said, go check their husbands. I would say it's not a good idea to go to the wife, but I would go to their husband and say, what's the deal? Your wives are always dogging on my wife. Do they not love her? Do they not like her? A lot of times it's not even a fact of love or like. Some people don't even realize they don't emphasize or have a lot of empathy with people. I'm surrounded by people who are real empathetic. Uh, I, I don't even know if I'm saying the right word that really are compassionate that care a lot. I love that. I love that. Last year, my wife gave a homeless lady her Mother's Day flower that someone gave her in the church. I'm surrounded by people that take off their shirt and give it to their neighbor. 
that will emphasize with somebody when they're hurting, when they're broken. I had a guy in the under and over ministry this week. He needed a car. He called me up and said, Brother Mark, I need a car. I only have X amount of dollars. I took my profit off the car and just gave him the car. I didn't make a profit. Why? Because I'm so proud of what he's done in his life. He's not homeless anymore. He's working. He's not a drug addict anymore. He's got a relationship with his kid. The profit I get from God is way more than what I can spend at Walmart. Or she can spend at Walmart. I don't try to go to that place. A couple more. The ability to access and esteem ourselves properly with a sense of humor and humility. Can you laugh at yourself? Seven to ten, you make some mistakes, you can laugh at yourself. I gave myself a two. I struggle with that, guys. Four to sevens, anybody struggle with that? You make a few mistakes, you beat yourself up. I tell people all the time, I don't need you to beat me up, I beat myself up. I need to learn to laugh at myself. I need to look in the mirror and say, boy, you ain't perfect. Your father is. The great thing about getting a low score on your test is you can improve in the next seven to six, five, four weeks. Number 12. The ability to admit wrongs and take responsibility for mistakes. Who gave themselves a 7 to a 10? You can admit you've done something wrong. Who gave themselves a 4 to a 7? Have struggled with that. That's all right. That's okay. Be honest. That's where you get help. Nobody likes to admit they've done anything wrong. There ain't a husband on the planet or a wife on the planet that likes to tell somebody, well, I did this wrong. Let me, you say, Brother Mark, that's just crazy. No, try to tell a guy where he's going in the truck. When he thinks he knows where he's going. But he really don't know where he's going, but he thinks he knows where he's going. And then the fight is on. I think what caused more divorces in America was not having an Apple iPhone with GPS on it. That probably caused more divorces in the last decade. Somebody said, hey, I can stop divorce. Let's just put deep uh, GPS on the phones and people can look at them and go. Me and Mary fight over the stupidest things. We fight over directions. I know it's down there. I know it's down there. I know it's down there. No, it ain't. It's over here. Yes, it is. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. <clears throat> Let's just Google it. Number 13, the ability to confront others righteously, confidently, and stand up for your beliefs and feelings when it's necessary. You don't have a problem confronting people with love. Who gave themselves a 7 to a 10? Who gave themselves a 4 to a 7? Who gave themselves a 1 to a 4? I'm unhealthy in that area. I'm not saying I'm weak. Anybody that knows me knows I'm not weak in that area. But I like to pray about it. I like to preach about it. I like to teach about it before I confront about it. Every time I don't confront it, it comes back and it bites me in the butt. You better believe I'm going to get strong in that area. 
This is what this test is for, to test ourselves, to see where we fail. Confrontation is a part of life. You need to understand that tonight, that confrontation is a part of life. But you can confront and, and confrontate the way that Christ intended for us to do, with love, with the fruits of the Spirit, with peace, with understanding, by not condemning people. We can confront and have confrontation without putting our hands on people, guys. We can confront without having to ruin relationships. We can confront in hopes to restore somebody and build them up instead of tearing them down. So if your idea of confronting somebody is to destroy them, you need to give yourself a one or a two. But if you can confront somebody in hopes that they get closer to Christ, then you're a healthy person. But I would say the majority of Christians need work in that area. Some of the best people I've met in church and some of the worst people I've met in church. Everybody wants to hold somebody accountable, but boy, when you hold them accountable, they don't want it. Everybody wants to confront somebody on judge somebody, but the moment, the moment you get judged, you don't like it at all. It's a tough world we live in, tough church we go to, tough community researches and resources we're, we're dealing with day in and day out. It's tough to be involved in Grangerland, this community, East Montgomery County. It's going to take some people to confront some issues like bathrooms. I think a boy ought to go to a boy's bathroom and I think a girl ought to go to a girl's bathroom. I think there's no sex, I, I think there's no, 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 no room for homosexual activities in the halls of our school. If you're not going to let a heterosexual couple kiss in school, you ought not be scared to get on the homosexual kids when they're locking up in school. My son said this is the most disrespectful thing in the halls. He can't wait to graduate. He says him and his girlfriend, they hold hands. Teachers say, hey, you can't do that. They try to kiss or hug and say, you can't do that. But there are going to be two guys doing it, and they're scared to say something. After I got back from this school, I realized if I'm going to be healthy, I need to say something. Because carrying it home gives unrest at home. Not confronting it takes years off your life. You know me, guys. I chewed Brother Tim's butt out. Tim Marcells one time. I chewed his butt out. Every day he was putting something ugly about the president out there for the world to see. I said, brother, we cannot bash our president of the United States. What kind of message are we sending to the next generation if we bash our president of the United States? He said, well, what's my position, preacher? I said, to pray for your president of the United States of America. To pray for him. You ain't got to agree with his policies. You don't have to like him. You don't have to stand for what he stands for. You can stand up against it. But you ain't got to bash him either. That's the devil. Tim went home and took all that off his email. I never got another email from Tim bashing the president. I had to stand up for what I believed in. I still today believe. And, I, and I'm really mad at the president right now. I am very mad at President Obama. I'm so mad right now, I could spit nails because I see you little girls, you little boys, 
going to the bathroom and there's a pervert in there and that's really upsetting me to the no end. The guy who's making this movement and standing for this movement is a, is a wide open sexual criminal. He has molested children and he's the one with the microphone saying, let anybody go to the bathroom, whichever bathroom they want to. I say no. And I say no to our president. Am I still praying for him? Yes. Does that sound like I'm bashing him? No. I'm against his policy. I believe that, I, I, I like what uh, uh, the lieutenant governor said. Okay, if, if this is what he wants, let's bulldoze down every bathroom in every public school and let's put porta cans out there. Line up the porta cans. It ain't got to be pink, they ain't got to be blue, but you can only get one person in them at a time. You see, if we'll bash the president, we'll bash the husband. We'll bash the president, we'll bash the neighbor. If we bash the president, we'll bash the preacher. If we bash the president, we'll bash the kids. You can confront people, be righteous, confident, stand up without being confrontational. Number 14, I'm almost done, two more. The ability to deal with and overcome negative emotions in a healthy and scriptural manner. How many take their problems to the Lord scripturally? Who gave their self a 7 to a 10? How many know it's important to study the scripture and dig in the word? The ability to deal with overcome negative emotions. All of us have negative times. How many is going through a negative time right now? Don't raise your hand. God knows. Take it to the Lord in Scripture. Search it out. Study it. Trust Him. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall fly. My plans are for you for to prosper you, to give you hope, give you a future. Take those negative negativity things that are happening in your life and search it out in the Scripture. Number 15. I gave myself a five on that. <clears throat> The ability to believe and act upon a reality that is opposite to how we feel. The ability to believe and act upon a reality that is opposite how we feel. I can only explain it to you and I'm done. Listen, I don't like things that are going on in this world right now. I'll tell you the truth right now. I don't like things that are going on in this world. Not because I'm a preacher, it's because I love Jesus. And he died for all of our sins, but people, are, we're living in Sodom and Gomorrah days. We're living in times right now where I know that the Lord is about to turn his back on America. I'm telling you, it's going to be bad. I believe that the raft of God is coming. I believe it's coming. I believe it's coming quick. Look, how many times have you experienced what we've seen in the last five years? The hurricanes, the natural disasters. I never heard a tsunami in my life. Who is over 50 years old? Raise your hand. Had you ever heard a tsunami in, in your entire life before the last 10 years when we saw a tsunami? Never. How many have ever seen the natural disasters like we see right now? Right now we're having tornadoes right before tornado seasons. We're having floodings, high waters, people dying all over the country. Read your Bibles, Revelation says in the ends of times, you're going to see storms and seasons. I believe the Lord is sick of it. 
I believe I'm sick of it. I believe you ought to get sick of the pornography, sick of the lies, sick of the way that the church is doing. I think we ought to get sick and tired of, of preaching messages that are watered down where people tickle their ear and hope that they stay in church. I think that we ought to be sick and tired of letting our kids run over us. I think we ought to be sick and tired of not bowing our head and praying and open and, and standing up for our kids in school and going, you know what, this, sad, this was a sad year for me and Miss Vicky. We went to pray for the pole at, at the school, and me and her were the only adults and one black lady from another church. Where were you? Where were you? Your kids go to that school. Your church family goes to that school. I was at the pole. I think it comes a time where we got to make a stand, folks. We do. We do. The ability to believe and act upon reality is opposite how I feel. I don't like this world, but I believe I can stand up and still do what I need to do to, to love God and love others and make a difference. I gave myself an eight. Where's all the seven to ten? Four to seven. One to fours. It's not how well you did. We're all messed up. Listen to me tonight. It's not about getting 150 on the test. There was only one person that could get 150 on the test, and that was Jesus Christ. It's about taking a good look at our life and getting healthier. Bless you guys for coming tonight. I pray this, keep this paper, study it, grade yourself. Make sure in the areas of those things that you're lacking, maybe you're four, maybe you're five, maybe you're six, maybe you're seven and you're striving to be a ten. I gave myself some nines. I haven't arrived yet. So bless you guys for coming tonight. Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this night. Thank you for allowing us to get emotionally healthier. Thank you so much, Father, that we as a church can be honest with you, Lord, saying there are areas in our life where we need improvement, we need help, Lord. Help us all tonight, Lord, to honor you in all that we do. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Somebody give God a praise, amen. All right, Believer's Motorcycle Ministry, we're going to have a meeting in the next five minutes or so. If you're not here for that, you are dismissed. God bless you. Be safe going home. Pins on that back table over yonder.